Welcome to the Jesus 360 podcast, a devotional guide to the names and descriptions of Jesus given to us by the Apostle John in the book of Revelation. Brother Daniel and myself, Blair Phillips, will be co-hosting today's discussion on Jesus, the Lamb who torments those who take the mark of the beast and worship his image. We are in Revelation chapter 14, verse 10. I'm going to read verse 9 and 10 to get us some more context. It says, Then the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on their forehead or on their hand, they themselves will also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall... They, these people shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And so, Brother Daniel, uh, this uh, verse speaks of the context of the end times when the Antichrist will um, set himself to be uh, seen as God in Jerusalem from the very temple as we know from other scriptures and other verses within the book of Revelation and that his image will be propagated throughout the earth and that that he will cause people to take his uh, mark on their hand or on their forehead probably related to buying and selling and traded or definitely as we see in, in the book of Revelation and that people will be caused to worship the, the beast, or they will be given the option of worshiping the beast and taking the mark of the beast and thus being able to operate in trade and buying and selling, or to refuse and probably face death and persecution. And so, but this is a very distinct warning, one of the strongest and clearest distinct warnings in the book of Revelation that those who take the mark of the beast and those who, uh, who worship his image will be persecuted or sorry will be tormented in the presence of the lamb forever so how do we how do we grapple with this brother daniel Blair, this is terrifying. It is terrifying. This is one of the most terrifying passage. Reminds the, me, I think of one. I think it's back in Revelation six when we talked about the, the the lamb and the wrath of the lamb poured out into the earth. Yes, I I the reason why I'm saying is terrifying, and I am really feeling the weightiness and the sobriety as I share with this. Not, I would not like to talk about this lightly. Beside the eternal lake of fire, this is probably the second most terrifying description and it might still be uh, related to the lake of fire but some people think that pit of um, that visible pit of burning where they are tormented with fire might not be the eternal lake of fire but a intermediary reality that's related to hell that's exposed i'm not going to go into the theological debate of whether that is Hades, that is, uh, there's an opening that we can see that they're tormented there, or it's a lake of fire. But it's terrifying because uh, false worship or false god has been in existence uh, in human civilization as long as we know them. Yes. That uh, that, but Jesus is in the business of raising up the covenant nation through Abraham. And then his own uh, redemption on the cross of Calvary to save people from every tongue, every tribe out of false worship system. Mm-hmm. In other words, our God is a God of second chance. Mm-hmm. We got trapped into uh, alienation from God unto ignorance under the power of darkness and Satan. And then actually 
the deeper people get caught in sin and darkness of worship, the more the, the, the light of redemption is when they are saved, they become the mighty trophy of mercy and grace. Yes. So God always saves sinners, always saves people who worship false God. Why in this time He gave such a stern warning, don't take the mark of the beast. He will, he will put it on your forehead and your right hand. Once you take it, you'll be, you, will, you will not have this opportunity to turn back. This is so bizarre to me because God always gives the, the, even the worst sinner the opportunity to turn back mm -hmm. because He is the merciful God. But in this case, He's very clear. The, the, the scripture is without uh, an ounce of doubt and mistake here by declaring, be warned, do not take the mark of the beast on your forehead and on the right hand. And this is not to say you can take it anywhere in your belly or your back. You know, It's not about the body parts. It's the fact that the mark of the beast seems to have an effect that permanently change someone from their relationship with God and then their relationship and bound them to the relationship to the Antichrist who is powered by the dragon himself, the devil, and the power of Satan is going to permeate to the whole entire system of everyone who take the mark of the beast. Remember just now, there were the 144,000 that has the name of the father on the forehead, the same location. This now is this is the chapter. mark, which is the name of a person. In Revelation 13, it says the mark of the beast is a name of a human. Mm -hmm. It's related to a name. So the name of the person mm -hmm. is now inscribed on the forehead or embedded in the forehead and on the right hand. I, the only thing I could actually come across right now, you know, there are many technological advancements and people can speculate. It's like 20, 30 years ago when the plastic credit card came out, everybody was shouting, Mark of the Beast, Mark of the Beast. There will be many, many uh, iteration or, or expression of technology that will, will inch and progress towards potentially being exploited by the evil one to one day be able to control all human population, all the trading, all the transaction. It is, pos it is very, very uh, probable with where things are going right now. But I believe it's more than just a system of merchandising and transaction or even monetary system and currency. It, it has to do with the heart of worship. That once the once the mark of the beast is a, a given to the person, it's only a confirmation that the heart is going to a certain direction, and the mark make it impossible for the person to turn again back to God. The best I can imagine with my fallen imagination, I would say my limited imagination, is the World War Z zombie apocalypse. I remember in the exchange of the 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 two of the three main characters, they say that the, 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 more, the, one, the, the one, ex, one extra person we save is one, extra pers one less person we have to fight. So this is a very powerful phrase. One extra person we save in the gospel to be born again and never choose the mark of the beast is one less person that will be transformed into the zombie that even though they used to be our friend, our family, our, but now they are altered by the virus or the infection to the point where when they see us, they relate to us in a very different way, they relate to God in a very different way, you can't turn them back. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's not a good way to imagine zombie apocalypse, but it is like this, you know, in zombie apocalypse, they used to be the people we know, yes. and that something shifts in a permanent way that they, the humanity is not entirely there. I think we... 
yeah, we have to stress that this is related to worship. Yes. I mean, the same chapter of Revelation 14, we have the Lamb standing on Mount Zion with 144,000 sealed on their forehead with a name, and they're taking up harps and worshiping. Yes. And then here later in the chapter, verse 10 in area, we have those who have taken the mark of the beast and who are worshiping his image. And so they, they are completely given into sat- satanic antichrist worship. Correct. So it oppo- seems that, that they are in full knowledge that they are resisting the lamb and that they are embracing the antichrist. They have, it, this is not something I think we need to stress this point also that uh, and as one of our, our leaders has often said, you're not going to wake up and realize someone stamped you with the mark of the beast. This is a willful, free will choice to worship someone and thus receive benefits that are provided by worshiping him. Yes. Well said. This now bring up to my the second statement about how terrifying this session is. The first one was about how Jesus torment them in a visible place where everybody can see. The second one is actually the reality that um, this worship is actually with their full knowledge. This, these people are consciously making choices to worship the mark of the beast, the, the image of the beast, the beast and Satan who is empowering the beast. In other words, they think that, per, that beast and the dragon is good. Mm-hmm. He's the good guy. And the lamb is a bad guy. Yes. The narrative has been flipped under deception yeah. to the point where they actually believe that they're on the right side of history. Mm-hmm. And then they are going to execute, persecute, and oppress and imprison anybody that's against their system because they believe that they're establishing something good for humanity. And the number of people who are embracing the mark of the beast and that system is staggering. That is why it's so terrifying. We need to be examining ourselves and see whether there is taintedness within our heart today that will cause us to want to be lured into such. We all have mixture of things within us. We need to be alerted that God purify my heart, search me, O God, and know me, try me and see that if there be, there be any wicked way within me and that the blood of Jesus is so important to cause us to be overcoming, to cleanse us from every sin and unrighteousness. Amen. And I think one last point we have to touch on before we move to the prayer component is that this lamb who we've uh, studied in so many different aspects of of his nature, his tenderness, his zeal, um, that he is the benevolent king that we've, again, we've talked about, will have these people in his presence forever suffering because of their own free will choice and that that he is good with that i mean that he this is the construct that the trinity in the fullness of their goodness and the fullness of their redeeming zeal for hum- humanity has made it uh, that this will be the future reality that people who choose the antichrist will suffer torment in the presence of the living God and of their Redeemer who they did not accept for all of eternity. Yeah. So I want to pray with our audience. This kind of session terrify me. I don't know about you. Maybe you feel terrified too. But, you know, we talk about uh, the devotion where Jesus was a slain lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. He has you in mind right from the beginning. He got this. And He's going to be with us 
throughout all these things, whether we live in that generation or not, or we prepare our children and our children's children. And so, but this is a scriptural warning that is firm and clear and true. And we have to take heed of this warning in a very, very sincere way. Heavenly Father, as we come to the Lamb that's going to torment the one with the mark of the beast, those with the mark of the beast, we know that you are a victorious Christ, your victorious Lamb, who is just. You will render to those who continually do wicked, Lord Jesus, what is due. But at the same time, you are long-suffering and merciful to always grant sinners opportunity to repent. So, Lord, we pray that when we are alive on the earth, when it's still daytime to labor, that we will be active messenger and, and lifestyle demonstrator of the power of your gospel to redeem. So that extra one person, help me save one more today. Help me save one more today. Lord, that cry, one additional person that's born again in Christ is one less person that will potentially go towards the trajectory uh, that the devil wants to ensnare them. So, Father, I'm asking you in Jesus' name, Lord, continue to shine your light through your church in our generation. Lord, bend the church and save the laws. We need the power and the Holy Spirit that has sealed us from the day of our redemption. We need a great move of God in our generation. Lord God Almighty, help us that in our worship to you, there will be no mixture of idolatry. Yes, oh, Father, help us even in our, our, uh, no matter how religious or how active we are in all different forms of worship, help us to be mindful that we worship you and you alone. Even the angels say, worship God, that we are just angels. We, we worship no other except God Almighty and the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we just thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We want to thank you for joining us for this Jesus 360 podcast, and we look forward to you joining us next time as we continue on through the names and descriptions of Jesus in the book of Revelation. You satisfy my soul. You satisfy my soul. You satisfy